it's hard to wait. Not only do we struggle with that longing for the better time of fully experiencing God's kingdom ourselves, but we share in the groaning of God's creation. We are called to share the pain of the world as God's children, as the church. And not only do we share it, but this is where God is too. The Holy Spirit, in the midst of that difficulty, the pain and the brokenness, God is here. So whether we see and think of the pain of creation as we see the effects of climate change or community suffering or the pain in the conflict between peoples and nations, God is there. So sufferings and glory characterise, if you like, the now and the not yet of God's fully revealed kingdom. We are the children of God on a journey with the hope of glory. It might be tempting to think it's never been as bad as it is now. I'd like to take you back to Julian of Norwich. So Julian of Norwich was a famous English recluse who lived most of her life in a small room enclosed next to a church in the 14th century. And she lived from 1342 until about 1430. And they were turbulent years for the church, plus ça change, and for the life of the people who were suffering the consequences of long-drawn-out war between England and France at that time. It was also a time of plague, and where she came from, that plague was in Norwich, and she um, lost both her husband and her daughter. And it was in 1373, before she was enclosed, literally built into a cell, that she had a near-death experience and a series of 15 visions of God. And soon after her experience, she composed her revelations of divine love, and You will probably know this quote, even if you didn't know if it it came from that. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. It wasn't just wishful thinking, or a trite sentence written by someone who was apart from life, but from one who experienced deeply and taught that God loves us and his love will never be lacking despite our suffering and groaning. But we need to know what Paul goes on to next, which is that hope of glory cannot be snatched away. It's almost as though Paul understands that our groaning and the creation's groaning can be overwhelming. And he points us back and reminds us of our security. The hope of glory is still in the future unseen and unrealized, but it is not uncertain. On the way to this wonderful outcome, the Spirit prays with us and for us. And we know through the work and promptings of the Holy Spirit, we know that God works, we know that God is working in us, in those around us and in the world. And we know that God works for the good of his people who, are, who love, him, love him and are living lives alongside him. Then there is the reminder of the purpose that God has had through history that brings us to him. God is for us. God gave his son. Christ was risen and overcame. 
the steps by which God goes to provide for us to call out those who are going to share his image of Jesus. And that final perspective is the natural conclusion. What could there be that would separate us from an all-giving and loving God? The worst that the world can throw at us, the hardship and distress and persecution and famine, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And then even beyond the worldly dangers, neither space or time, death or life, past, present, future, spiritual or material, can get in between us and God's love. There is nothing that can take our identity away. As God's children, we belong. And so then, as we draw to a conclusion this evening, the hope is of glory is real for all in Christ's love. It is our relationship with God that will mean that all is overcome and we are transformed eventually into the image of Jesus. It may seem some way away. And when we look in and when we look out, we are sometimes overwhelmed with darkness and difficulty. But take heart. Look what God has done. Look what Jesus has done. Look what the Spirit is doing. We will become like Jesus and creation will be restored and renewed because our Christian hope is grounded on the unwavering love of God. Isaiah's prophecy was written perhaps about 3,000 years ago. And Paul was writing about 2,000 years ago. And Julian of Norwich was writing about 1,000 years ago. And today the message is the same. Suffering is real, but God's glory will be revealed. There will be a time of restoration and renewal for creation and for the children of God. There is no condemnation, as we heard at the beginning of chapter 8, or any separation for God's children. Nothing will separate us from God's love. And the best is yet to come. Amen.